There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show, which is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. Uh, take advantage of the 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan, Michael and Moscow with you here on Propaganda, the show where we find out what's being said about Leeds United by you and by the opposition. Audio version on the uh, podcast apps. You can also watch it on our YouTube channel as well. In the first part of Propaganda, we find out what's been said by Leeds United fans. Our TSB Plus subscribers sent us their feedback on the match ball. This is the stuff that they picked out from the match ball where we played Watford. Uh, I mean, the, the heading on our sheet says Cockneys. They're, they're not, are they? The home counties. I don't yeah, think anybody knows what they are, do they? They're not Luton. I think they're keen mm. to distinguish themselves from Luton, but they're probably nearer Luton than anything else, aren't they? They're not stags either. Did you put stags on one of the descriptions? Well, it's it's a it's a heart, isn't it? Yeah. Like, as in Hertfordshire. Yeah, it's weird. I was close to calling them the stags at one point, but then I, I realised it's not that kind of deer. It's the other ones. Mm-hmm. So they're just weird about anything else. I mean, stags are great. Why wouldn't you want to be nicknamed after a stag but then they go oh no we like Hornet is it Mansfield the stags yeah yeah but who who was around first because I could have called this episode the like stag do or something like that yeah. but it's, it's not is it instead it's heart to heart yeah for example what or for a Gen Z there um, yeah I mean the concept of Watford is raised by Philip who asks why we can't just call them Wyford why do they bother or exist which is true and it's kind of a well, the bearings of the game is whether we were great, or I think we were great, or they were terrible. They were also terrible, and kind of the balance between the two. You were called out for being arrogant in the YouTube comments, by the way, Moscow, in the wake of that. I'm new to this. It was a comment along the lines of, I'm new to this channel, but that guy on the right, which was you, when Moi? we look at you, you toi, yes, suggested that you would be, I think, I don't know if it was aloof and arrogant or both. or maybe <laughs> Aloof. I, or maybe I, maybe I might have added that. I don't know. <laughs> But definitely arrogant was yeah, in there. Yeah, but Dan projecting some of his own, some of his own things. You, you're demanding and you never let me have a minute's rest. Somebody so did tweet and ask as well, is there tension between the three of us? Because we've been having little nibbles at each other. I was like, have you not been watching for the, you know, for the last 10, 10 years? years? I think he's, he's obviously heard you talk about Tyler Roberts and the, the confidence with which you describe him as a future Ballon d'Or winner. I think he's probably the, <laughs> the thing that's got to people. Yes, that's, I definitely meant that. But I, no, I, I do agree. Watford were. So I was arrogant. Watford were terrible. You were dreadfully arrogant about it. No, I mean, the fact that you were saying, oh, they're rubbish, we're great. And well, it's they just were. Like, just, we're just having a bit of death. They sacked the manager. Yeah, that's true. I don't... <laughs> that's true. It's not really... that. And this was before um, that happened. After we said anything about the game, we were sitting here thinking um, old Cisco would have a, a long and fruitful career in charge of the the Orns. 
<laughs> as they also like to be known, and Let, he's gone. Let's start with um, with your boy and get it out of the way anyway. Tyro, uh, Lee in the cheese, uh, mentioned the, the substitution as soon as he saw it coming. And we did talk about this. We weren't far away from grown territory where, where Roberts was concerned. Saw him running the touchline and then get stripped off. He said, I groaned and sighed so deeply that I pulled a muscle in my neck. However, was genuinely impressed by his performance, albeit only a short stint. He was, he was very good, actually, when he came on. And that scissor kick was amazing and I think would have been definitely in sort of goal of the month territory had that one gone in. It is a shame that that didn't. It's, it sums up his career in some ways at Leeds, doesn't it? He's just he's just been that far off. Yeah, he's always a crossbar's width away. He, he really is. He's so near to doing good things all the time, but then it never happens. And even his goalie scored, you know, like three goes at it last year. And it was just yeah. like, come on. It felt like in the end, it was a bit like when you you see a mascot warming up with a goalkeeper, and they're like, come on, just kick it in the just come on. I'm going to keep giving you the chance to kick it in the net. But yeah, like if you if that had been the first we'd ever seen of Tyler Roberts on. Saturday, if he'd come off the bench and done that, and we just paid thirty million pounds from Athletic Bilbao or something, people would have been like, "Wow, this guy looks amazing." We need to see more of him. But as it is, it was Tyler Roberts. What was a shame about that as well is we'd had so much of the game with players not trying that kind of thing. There's really only Rafinha I can think of in our team that would attempt a scissor kick from there. If it had fallen to Matches Click or Rodrigo, they're probably bringing that down, trying to square it off to somebody. Lay off to the penalty it. spot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Whereas he was just like, it was an outrageous piece of skill when you you look back at it. I kind of even underrated it at the time. I was just like, oh, yeah, bicycle kicks, is a kick, whatever. But then watching it back, it was great. Overall, I didn't think he was that different from when he came on against West Ham, just playing in a different position. Tidy, link in play. He even managed to throw in a stinking mistake that nobody's had a go at him for, where um, trying to bring the ball out of defence in that same little period when Shackleton gave the ball straight to them as well, when it was all a little bit edgy towards the end. And then he saved it by doing his tactical lie down, which was brilliant. But it's kind of, I don't know, as a as a Roberts fan, I didn't see a huge difference between how he's been, particularly the West Ham game, when I thought he came on and did well, and this game. Big difference from the Fulham game when he was garbage and played himself out of the team. But um, yeah, more of that. But I will also always say with Roberts... It's unfair to pick on him for like one bad substitute appearance. It's also no good him throwing in one good substitute appearance in, in like a month. We want to see a season of that kind of stuff. A season of scissor kicks. And also, coming on against West Ham, they had Declan Rice and some other midfielders, whereas Watford just had nothing. Did, well, didn't, yeah. they? Didn't, bother. didn't bother. Didn't bother. He was on the Danny Rose side as well, wasn't he? And he'd given up in minute 10, so... <laughs> He tried as he tried for as long as he could. Is all I will say. <laughs> uh, when it comes to other substitutes, Ant uh, spotted something I didn't realise. This uh, Jackie warming up because I'm on the, on the east side of the ground. You can't really see the subs and what's going on. But he said he noticed that when Jackie was warming up, he was clearly in agony with his obliques problem, and he looked knackered at half time. And he was just sad. you know you hear these conversations sometimes unfold around you in Ellen Road, and they make you smile. And this was one that he heard, and it was two blokes who uh, who said Harrison looks knackered, too much shagging. <laughs> It's good to find out what the players get up to um, in their spare time. Have we managed to define an oblique? No. It's the muscles at the side of your stomach, isn't it? Was it? I've not seen mine for, can you, for a while. Can you? Probably they're there somewhere, aren't they? Can Can you put them out doing bedroom gymnastics? We said it's got pain in them. Not Again. necessarily that there's a. <laughs> not sure. <laughs> not necessarily that there's been a pull or a tear, just a pain. So. Yeah. It could be a kidney stone if that's the area. <laughs> Who knows? A man in his early twenties with kidney stones, which which I absolutely love. Um, 
one, I guess, is it this negative Nancy's doing this? A championshipy feeling to the game, which is true, but we were facing basically championship opposition. And a lot of our players played in the championship fairly recently. So there might have been a championshipy feeling. But then again, look at the distance between the teams. We were brilliant and they weren't. I think that's more referring to Watford than anything we did. It's just they managed to get us into that games like, if you remember, Swansea, where they did it to us and who else? Forest. Forest, yeah, where they're just rubbish all game and they managed to sneak a point or a win at the end. And it was um, it's sort of an illustration of how quickly Bielsa established his style with this team and how consistent it's been since that basically since he turned up and we had that initial rush of Stoke and then the derby when we scored four against them it kind of got locked into that um, we will create 30 chances and score one or two and it will be nervous until the very end of the game we very rarely get those it's normally when we play West Brom that we get a big um, scoreline whether even if West Brom are good or West Brom are bad we somehow manage to have a margin but games like this have been a consistent part of Bielsa. So maybe it's not so much that it's a, a championshipy match. It's just we saw much more of it in the championship when um, because those are the two years we had with Bielsa first and one in the Premier League. But more of it's um, it is a, a Leeds under Bielsa trait that we don't just score five in the first half like we could have and should have. It was um, it was Joe and Adsham who picked out the uh, the championshipy aspect to it. And uh, speaking of the mind you. Just to return to a theme we started on about chipping away at each other, but you've got to praise yourself as well as part of that bargain. And I'm fairly sure that when I made my final prediction, I did then qualify by saying, even though I've said that, it will be ridiculously narrow despite being dominant. Words to that effect. Right. So what I'm saying is I got it it right. So what you're doing is you're making two predictions so that there's more chance of of you being correct. If you'd won 4-0, you'd have also said, I said 4-0. And then you wouldn't have mentioned the bit that you said about it being tight. Correct. Conversely, I want to correct myself from early because I realised I said Tyler Roberts was up against Danny Rose, but of course he wasn't because he came in in centre midfield, but he did sort of tend to that side before anybody. Because he saw an old man chugging around on the pitch. He was probably the easiest one to have a go at. Although, you know, pick anybody in a a green shirt and you'd probably have the advantage. As we said, that is a slightly troubling aspect to being uh, a fan as you get older and you see players, you know, you've charted their entire career from the Leeds United Academy. I mean, like Milner's still hanging in there. He's kind of the the, the litmus test for this Still one. hanging in there in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. But um, but then again, he got skinned against Man City. Foden had him on toast, didn't he, in the, uh, in the Super Sunday game. Is Foden technically young enough to be his son? Let's assume so. Uh, talking to the championship, Lorne, um has got a, a dose of the Moscows and he's just sort of saying, look, our next few fixtures... Uh, suggests we're going to have uh, a lot of points coming in. Uh, the worst teams in this league are shite. Now we've played some of the best and some of the worst, uh, and the lack of wins was annoying, but he's not thinking we're bad enough. Or she, to be in a relegation battle even this early, it's basically Norwich, Watford and one other to get relegated. That's confidence for you. I think we can be more assured of it after that game. I know I know it is a equal, it's a small sample size of playing the bad teams, but we're not a bad side, are we? That, no, was, the, that was the thing. That was yeah. the thing from. We just needed to be reminded that we're fine. Yeah, from the opening half at West Ham, the opening half at Newcastle, and the, more or less all of this game, like we're fine. We're, we're, we're okay not against we're, Everton as well, really. Yeah, I've seen bad Leeds teams, mm. and they come out as Watford did, without seemingly any plan, without any fight about them, no individuals even looking like grabbing it by the scruff of the neck. It was just a Watford looked like they were turning up just because they get paid the same regardless. It's how the, it was the general vibe that they gave off. And that's it. And that's why, you know, I, I don't really want to get involved in like being particularly mean about Danny Rose. I don't have a massive problem with the fella. But the reason he's there is because, you know, doesn't want to move out of London and it's it's an easy contract. 
Ranieri, I actually put this in my match report and then it has been confirmed in part of the reporting. He's, he still has a house from uh, when he was manager of Chelsea. So just an easy option of just, oh, well, I've got a house around the corner. I'll just go manage Watford for a bit. He might put them together a bit stronger than what we saw on Saturday. But I think the difference with between us and them and probably us and Newcastle as well, and it's all the um, Bielsa's insistence on you just keep doing the things that you do and make them work. We haven't at any point this season stopped doing the things that Leeds have done when Leeds have been good. And we know that that system and those players can get us to ninth, if not higher. And if they do that again, that would be more than plenty. So there's such a, a big scope for us to be as successful as last season, this season. Whereas teams like the way that Watford and, and Newcastle are playing and have played against us, I think you don't even know what they're doing. You know what we're doing and you know that what we're doing can work. So you can have more faith in that. Whereas if Watford just keep turning up like that every week, and Ranier is just going to make them 4-4-2 and defend, isn't he, in then? <laughs> I think it's a, a general vibe about us as well that it doesn't feel like, admittedly, a defeat may have triggered this, but it doesn't feel like we're falling apart in the same way as when you listen to the, we'll hear them in a bit, but when you listen to the Watford fans, there's just a lack of hope there. They're, kind of, they're just so resigned to the churn of managers and the fact that they probably will go down. And they might come back up again because that's what they do. And you get the same feeling Norwichshire while there are a nice bunch of fans, so they're probably not on anyone's back. They, they should be because they just have come up for now. They're in their second season of just getting absolutely spanked every single week. And at some point you have to be like, well, could we try and come up and not and not do this again? Come on, Delia, sort this out. <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we try to build something, create a recipe of players to stay up, Delia? Well, this is what's different about us, where those teams seem like they're falling apart and they're struggling. We've been struggling so far this season, but it feels like we're revolving. If you look at the um, the team on Saturday, we had the best of Daniel James so far. And it's kind of, it was strange. I was seeing some of the kind of commentary about him after the game. People saying, you know, he's he's failed to impress so far in his career at Leeds. He's only been here two minutes. Like, yeah. how many games has he played? Three? And he's like, failed to impress. But he was very he's good. He's a baby as well. Exactly. But quite he's, disruptive. He's brand new to our team. So, so immediately we're different from last season where we've got, you can leave Harrison out and it's not Costa coming in. It's, James and if Somerville hadn't been sick, he's a new player in the squad this season who we're seeing bits and pieces of. And then at right back, Ender, Lars and Connor Media have um, pointed out, Shackleton could now be our right back forever now. I liked Connor Media's um, particular opening to this list. I think Dan mentioned it. Is that but, what you liked about but it? Just how well Shackleton has slotted in at right back. Correct, Connor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, great insight, Dan. Thank you. Well, so, yeah, nobody in some else ways, has been well saying done, that. <laughs> But it's true. He's, OG with uh, the thoughts. Here we go. <laughs> he is now, he's at that point where we've all been saying when Shackleton's going to kind of break through. And if he plays like that at right back, there wouldn't be a problem if Luke Ayling goes back in there. But Shackleton looks good enough to keep his place. So that's an evolution from last season where if Luke Ayling got injured, you kind of think, well, could Shackleton do it? And so those little bits are starting to to change. And it's what I've been saying about Tyler Roberts and the patience required for getting Joffe and Sam Greenwood in the team is that if we just go through the season making these little changes, or Shackleton takes over from Ailing in October and then it, the pecking order might adjust or equalise or even out and there's a bit more of a competition there. It could be January when, you know, if there's injuries or suspensions, Joffe just starts getting in at that point and the team in May 
could be a very different team from the team in August and hopefully still be should be in the Premier League. Whereas <laughs> the team in um, whatever Watford have left by that time at the end of the season will still be fighting. You're really you're really enjoying trashing Watford, aren't you? Like ev- everything, your online report, everything on the podcast has been about doing Watford down, which I, I'm, I'm all for it. Go for it. Um, Katie did specifically mention Reed Dan James, the VAR incident, which, you know, we don't need to retread. Yeah. Uh, they keep treading on him. Yes. I will say this about Dan James. You know that point on Saturday where he just knocked it past the fullback and then ran past him? I kind of went, are oh, you allowed to do that? <laughs> it's a thing, is that? We just don't really have people who do that, do we? Who just... Put the afterburners on, as I the think, phrase goes. I think as the Mike thing Lowen would say. With, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> the old uh, sound those, effects. The, those are the afterburners, by the way. Uh, that is the afterburner yeah. noise. Yeah, uh, it, Dan James does that when he runs mm, past people, yeah. just to yeah. in, intimidate them. If they ever mic'd him up, you'd hear him going past, going. <laughs> <laughs> he is, he is uh, a bit like a racing car going into turbo, isn't he? In fact, right. he's the reincarnation of Mike Whitlow, even down to because I think this is one of the things with Bielsa. Everyone's like, why does he want Dan James so much to defend? Because he. He presses so high and so hard and so fast that nobody gets any peace. It'd be a nightmare to play against, wouldn't it? Imagine that. You're right back. And the and thing about it. no end product, he has won two penalties. They just mm. haven't been given. But that was that was one on Saturday. And, and, and that I'll, ball across the area as well, where he pumped it across the six-yard box, which I think Ben Foster ended up coming out and getting it. But yeah. such a dangerous ball in the old Chapman corridor. We, bo- we, bo- we all think that was a penalty, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. Because you can't... I know some people sort of say, no, it was, he's just lent into him and his shoulder, but... You've got to make some effort for the ball, and you can't shield a ball when you're nowhere near a ball, can you? That's yeah. that's just a foul. The ball was miles away. Yeah, and he just rugby tackled. Well, it's not even a rugby tackle. He just pushed him over. Yeah, without trying to play the ball, and I don't think that's reasonable. <laughs> Their disallowed goal, actually, on a similar tip, was brought up by Aiden and Paul. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, you see with the timing of it. If you actually break down the timing of it, and when the referee blew the whistle, and when the shenanigans were going on. He probably made the right decision, and even if he didn't, let's just say that he did. I mean, he could also have given them a penalty. Is the, is the thing? It's one of those where. It's but they a, were they were wrestling before the ball had come in. By the looks of it, the pair of them, and then the ball came in, and then he wrestled Cooper to the ground. So I'm going for that narrative. Okay. No, I, I buy that because there's a certain because it favours us. <laughs> well, there's that, but there's also there is a certain license in the penalty area that you can rag each other around and drag the shirts. And Liam Cooper's getting a lot of heat because he always seems to be the one. Penalised. Urente, when we've seen more of him, he loves a shirt pull. Um, so we are at risk with this. But the referees tend to go for, you're allowed to do a certain amount. They'll go through that big rigmarole of walking over and saying, now don't don't get so close to each other, stop all this. Have you noticed the favourite one this year in Moscow, what they're, trying, they're telling them all to do? And I've noticed it about three or four times in three or four games, is the saying... And they'll make a gesture about, you've got to face the ball on the mm. corner. Because you'll see players like facing one another. One of them will have the back to the corner being taken. So they're only bothered about one another. So the referee's making a big gesture. Turn, face. And when it comes down to it, it's about who puts who on the floor. So they can be pushing and pulling each other. But then it was pretty clear that what's his face, the Watford no mark. When the ball was coming over, the last thing that happens is he pushes Liam Cooper away from the ball and puts him on the floor and lands on top of him. And so... That's a penalty. Whereas the two of them standing up and that having a little a bit of a you mean a free kick, a disallowed goal. Yeah. Be, because yeah. if it was a penalty, it's a free kick. Whereas the two what, of them, what there, the referee did, basically, yeah, go yeah. down the other end. <laughs> whereas the two of them there, just kind of pulling on each other's shirts and arms around each other, but nobody actually blocks anybody off or put, or moves anybody in any significant way. So he doesn't put anybody on the floor. Just sort it out yourself. So there was a, an element I did understand. Blowing before the ball had gone over the line apparently means VAR couldn't 
get involved. And this referee apparently has a, a bit of a track record for being very whistle happy on this occasion. Correct. All for it. Absolutely yeah, spot on. But if he, uh, very disappointed with what happened with VAR with the Dan James incident, as we said. But well, that's it. This all should have been irrelevant because if we'd have been 2-0 up yeah. and we'd have scored, I mean, this is assuming we scored the penalty. But we would have done. It would have been two in a minute. Yeah. Um, pretty much. And Watford were not coming back from that. So this whole corner thing would never have uh, been an issue. Interesting chats about midfield, actually. Ralph, you know your West Ham mate, Ralph, yours and Phil. How was Ralph? Was he uh, was he good? Do you Didn't ever see Ralph? Didn't see Ralph on there. So he's not your mate. Is he a liar? Oh, he's my mate. Obviously, you don't you don't see people every game, do you? Anyway, he was a bit he was a bit negative about Click and Dallas last week, but he wanted to um, come in and set the record straight for this week and said uh, said they were good. I think we won that in midfield. It's funny because that was said about them, and then there were other people complaining about midfield. Whose comments I shall have to um, I shall have to dig out. I haven't written. Well, that's right. Underneath, um, it's Heather says our midfield was poor, apart from Phillips. Um, so I didn't think they did. I, I thought I thought it, I've had contrasting reports of Click being terrible and excellent. I thought, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. Click. It was a tough one to think about in terms of midfield because they just kept giving us the ball in their half. So we weren't building out from the back. So it wasn't a case of it wasn't like the West Ham game where it was. Click and Dallas were making the space for Rodrigo to drop deep and then he spins and passes it to Click and he's playing it wide to Rafinha. It's Watford have the ball and they're trying to pass from their defenders into the midfield and they just give it to us. Which is what actually um, Wisconsin Todd was picking this out about us. It mentions long balls, talking about us playing a lot more long balls. Uh, Phillips in particular seems to have fallen in love with them. He said, you see, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think a lot of other teams have been doing towards what we did to Watford, which was to force them into that a little bit by how they're setting up against us. It's strange. I would, on site, agree with Wisconsin Todd because I've had that feeling as well that certainly against Liverpool, we seem to be going a lot longer and higher. So I went and had a look because it's one of the things you can possibly measure. An FB ref do stats on long passes and we're about the same as last season, which is we do, we are one of the longest teams in the division. Last season, um, on long balls attempted, Liverpool attempted the most of any team in the Premier League, then Burnley. Glorified Wimbledon. Well, this is it. Well, it's measured by any pass over 30 yards. So you could say one of those Urente passes into midfield, if it goes 31 yards, it's a long ball by this measure. So you've got to always keep that in mind but yeah so uh, Liverpool Burnley then us then Brighton and then this season is Liverpool Burnley Brighton and us and the numbers are all about the same for distance so I thought I'd have a look as well at height <laughs> and so it's any pass that goes over head height and it's about the same as well where um, last season was uh, Burnley, unsurprisingly, our top, then West Brom, Villa, uh, blah, blah, blah. We're about ninth, so we're pretty much mid-table for high passes. And the same this season, it's Burnley, and then we are, again, I, I haven't got numbers next to this, and I can't count it's that It's interesting, sorry, just, just to go back in on Liverpool, I made a joke there about them being a little bit like Wimbledon, but part of what they do seems to be, and we saw it in evidence at Ellen Road, actually, was them hitting early long balls to both Salah and Mane, to uh, when they caused absolute yeah. bloody havoc, didn't they? But they seem to be they seem to have a bit of a tendency towards that. Got, There's a logic to it for us though as well, because if we are doing that towards Rafinha and Dan James or Harrison, well, it's when we're on the break it's in, the same, in it's transition. The same policy, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? It's not when you look when you look down the list. It, this is why the stats don't tell you everything. The way Burnley do it, yeah, is very different. That is towards Ashley Barnes or Chris Wood 
and they're trying to flick it down for people. They're not trying to hit. Who's the who's their winger? They've got one, haven't they? Uh, McNeil. Is he yeah. the one? He's the one that Alioski pulled the face out, wasn't he? Yes. They're not trying to hit him quickly to to get breaks in behind. They're trying to just lump it to the big man. And so we are better uh, than Burnley. You can see the because Burnley are top of both of distance and height, whereas we're, as I say, down mid table for um for height. And the differences between last season and this season. So attempted last season long. 106.5 per game this season, 105.1 per game. So it's down a bit. And for height, last season we were attempting 97.3 per game this season, 94. So it's as near as damn it the same, which I was surprised by because I would have instinctively gone with uh, Wisconsin Todd's eye test and said, yeah, we seem to be going a bit longer, but we're not. We're good. Um, so there we go. A number of people, Adrian, Johnny, uh, Michael and Anthony all picked out our wastefulness, which we know about. It's it's a hallmark mm. of the Bielsa side. We've seen it since day dot, haven't we? So let's finish on a positive that Pete picked out, which is that we're good to watch. And I think that's what maybe Saturday did for me was a reminder that this is enjoyable and are supposed to be. And we're dead good when we want to be. Uh, we're, good at fo- we're playing a lot better at football than perhaps we should be. It's just that thing, isn't it? As if that if the referee doesn't blow his whistle just before that ball crosses the line. VAR probably don't look at it. We draw that game and we come in here and we have a completely different chat about our wastefulness and about how much fun it is. It would just be so much more fun if it's 3-0 at that mm, point and we would. don't have to worry. But then part Plus, of the... Are uh, you, you pulling faces saying it would be better not to score three goals and stay, stick with one? Because part of the fun is the tension. It's not. <laughs> like the fact that I it hate it. stoppage time and there was still something there in the game meant that Watford still had to try. We're still defending and as a as a spectacle... That's more exciting as a Leeds fan. Yeah, you just want the points, but it's, but I don't mind. Te- I don't mind tension if it's a if if we're beating. Are we going to score three or four? If we're beating someone good one nil, I don't mind that tension because that feels like it's it's almost a necessary part of it. Have, this felt this felt like an unnecessary yeah, an unnecessary tension that didn't need to be there. We should just be like crushing but that's Watford like a hornet. Tension. That's expected tension. <laughs> XT. If you're playing a a top team, you're expecting it to be a good, exciting match, and that's why they put. Uh, Liverpool versus Manchester City on the Sky big match because always like oh that's going to be exciting and tense right to the end. Whereas Watford, you're expecting like the expected tension and the expected fun are both pretty low because it's only fucking Watford. <laughs> so what you need, <laughs> they're going to beat us in the return <laughs> fixture. What, what you need is something to give that extra element of value for your your ticket. Goals would have been fine. One nil right to the end. And it's the Bielsa, it's part of the Bielsa's kind of paradox of what is a win worth without beauty and excitement. And we had beauty, Tyler Roberts is a kick. And we had excitement, Watford could have drawn. <laughs> so everything. And then at the end of it, or you win. So really, you know, given how expensive a ticket is nowadays, absolute full value. I tend to agree with Michael. We should have just—it would be more fun if we'd have beaten them five nil or whatever. I mean, like you know, my dad is on the is similarly on the negative spectrum as you, Michael. Like terrified of everything just collapsing and going wrong. On Saturday, seventy minutes couldn't face it anymore, so he went downstairs to watch it. Seventy minutes to on the tellies under the stand because it was too much for him. Why, why does watching it on a telly under the stand make it any better? I don't know. Your I dad do- also—it's worth saying he last year when we beat Man City. He was too stressed by that and left. Didn't yeah, he? So, he, we missed, watching, so he missed the winning the Stuart Dallas goal, which was one of the best moments of the season. Yeah, we were watching it here in, in the studio, weren't we? And he left at half time to drive <laughs> home back to Bridge. <laughs> Just yeah. couldn't face it, and it was the high point of the season, probably. I mean, that's the other end of it. Like I, I do, you do occasionally get these things that are worth hanging on for, like 
to go back a couple of years, the Blackburn game where they scored and it looked like we'd lost and then you get that excitement. Mm. So maybe we should have let Watford score and yeah. we could have had a last minute winner and it'd been more fun. It would have been incredible. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just just looking down the sheet actually as well, people have not picked out Urente something to talk about because he's got so many hero nominations. So mm. we're not we're not, not talking about how good he was. Yeah, he just it's just everyone knows it. So we'll talk about come. it later. You can't only just listen to this bit or watch this bit in isolation. You have to watch all. Well, exactly. There <laughs> is the, the rules. There's the second part. The, of the tension U- until the very last minute. Could be anything could happen. There's the uh, second part of the YouTube video to come, and of course the second half of the podcast. So we'll uh, we'll join you for that. Get up to thirty percent off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com, and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny System, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny System with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. So let's find out now then what the Watford fans thought about their defeat at Elland Road. Where do we start, please, Michael? From the rookery end, which I assume is an end at Watford. I've never bothered to look up the names of their stands because it's Watford, isn't it? How many animals do they need to be associated with? We've got a hornet, we've got a heart, we've got rooks now. It's true. Any others that they want to drag in there? Squirrels? Are they hornets? Squirrels are not hornets, no. (laughs) Anyway, this is an athletic podcast, isn't it? Great Great bunch bunch of lads. lads. Yeah. Great bunch of lads. Um, do we do the discount code now? I, I can't remember what it is at the moment. Just subscribe to the square ball. Just like theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. <laughs> that, that's better for us. Anyway, this was uh, this was their assessment. It's uh, it's fair, I think, both of Watford and of us. <laughs> I mean, John, it was a car crash. It was a car crash of a performance. For you, Colin, you, just say, you said also when we played Wolves, you said how bad Wolves were and they won. What did you think of Leeds? Well, to be honest with you, you could see why they were on a bad run because every time they got anywhere near the goal, they blasted it miles over the crossbar. Stuart Dallas, that's you. <laughs> no, let's not. Let's be nice to Stuart Dallas. He did. Um, he did do a fair bit of that though, which was a, a bit frustrating. Well, you've heard of WD forty. That's the thing that stops your wheels being squeaky, isn't it? And your door frames mm-hmm. and all that. Your hinges, sorry, not your door frames. Door frames are made out of wood generally, aren't they? <laughs> anyway, this is a really convoluted and crap reference to this podcast. WD18, which again is, I guess, is where the ground is. The, it's Watford, the lesser product. I don't really know. Is it a spin-off for the main from the main product? <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with the, the WD40. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 
if you insist. Someone was at Ellen Road, and they, it's just nice to hear more appreciation mm-hmm. of the, the match day experience at Ellen Road and the facilities. Very, very lucky to be in the close vicinity of Howard's Restaurant. Was was Leeds one of the worst away day concourses? Anyone that was there yesterday? Oh, oh Jesus. I mean, I know so many fans that turned up there and couldn't get a pint, couldn't get anything to drink. The lines, the queues were terrible. It looked like a conference room. It looked like we were all waiting to go into like a lecture or something. Like It was dreadful. <laughs> they haven't changed that in several years, I'm telling you. It's all you deserve, quite frankly. They were going in for a lecture, a lecture on football by Marcelo Bielsa. <laughs> Uh, and then what else are they on about? This is them talking about um, their manager before he has been sacked, but they're talking about how he's going to be sacked, I think. Right. Because um, he was very negative in the run-up to this and afterwards, wasn't he, sir? Yeah. Did you see how he was dressed on Match of the Day, by the way? He had like a polo neck and, jo- and jacket on. Not wearing a thong. Did up mm. the, the manager. I think I thought he probably deserved to be sacked after that, to be perfectly honest. And he was. <laughs> so maybe he was sacked wearing that very, that very outfit. Get that dapper Ranieri in. Well, exactly. There's a man who knows how to dress. But they're talking about him here um, in a way that, I don't know, they've made him into an infant. They've made him into a a poorly poorly child here in the way that they they don't want to say anything bad about him. They're like, he's a lovely lovely little character, isn't he? We were dreadful yesterday. Nothing against Cisco. Look, he's a lovely guy. A lot of people have said this. He's a great guy. I said, I I did send out a tweet earlier. He needs to keep on smiling. His positivity is infectious. His smile can light up. Any room, any stadium, up and down the country and around the world. He is, he is great. He's not a mascot. Around the world. He reminds me, because I was looking, I mean, he's got no track record as manager. This is the thing. And he doesn't have... Where did he come from? Where will he go? He's not got an eye, Joe. <laughs> um, well, he came from Dinamo Tbilisi, uh, who he started managing in 2020. And that was his first job. He managed them for like a game. Um, and he's still trying to do his, uh, yeah, he managed Dinamo Tbilisi for 11 games and then came and managed Watford. Yeah, it's not good, is it? And he's still trying to get his uh, UEFA Pro license. So he's not even fully qualified yet. But what he reminds me of and the way they were talking about him there with a smile can light up the world and listening to him before the game, you referred to it. He wasn't so much negative. It was more his pre-match quotes were we know we're not perfect i love my players because they're working very hard and they want to improve and this is perfect we need a strong mentality and to be strong physically and also it's important we focus 100 on all the actions in the game and we know what we want he reminds me a lot of thomas christiansen the similar kind of thing Quill. of like so, yeah. said, sorry what was that was that thomas Quill. Quill. is that all we've got Quill. from thomas Quill. do you remember yes. his, uh, these are my players and for them i will die was uh, the surprisingly forthright idea of his when Chris Wood left. But similar thing where he'd been managing in Cyprus more successfully than this Cisco Chancer. And we kind of brought him into the championship and thought, well-respected young coach, nice fella, done well in a small league, give him a go. And starts off well because, I mean, this guy, he got Watford promoted. They only lost five games after he took over in December in the championship. And they went on a run in March or April last year, where they, they won about seven in a row in the championship. And we know that's not easy from our own experience. So he did well with them at first, much as Thomas Christensen had us top of the championship. And then it just goes off a cliff. And I don't know if anybody spat at anybody or they, didn't, they haven't got to the point where there's been red card after red card anymore. But we probably still, I still look, I still think Thomas Christensen's smile would light up any situation. I would love still 
to hang out with Thomas Christensen. And his dog? He's got a dog? It's a cat. Cat. Yeah. Similar. Very similar. With uh, its own Instagram account. <laughs> I knew there was some some animal link in there. It's funny, actually, not from uh, from these guys, but TaylorMade Army. I didn't get a clip of them because uh, they didn't say anything interesting enough. But I noticed that from their live stream, there was <laughs> they did. It was kind of covering the same stuff. It called me arrogant. If you're listening to this uh, TaylorMade Army, I'm sorry, it was it was just repeating stuff Good other pun, people had said. No, never, the, never let it be said that we repeat anything or use the oh, same, God, no. same crap to death. TaylorMade Taylor Army is a good name for a Watford podcast. Well, yeah. Is there a, a Graham... A podcast. A podcast. Is there a Graham a podcast? A what, sorry? A Graham Crackers. <laughs> or a Golden Grahams. Golden Grahams could work. Could work as well. But in the comments of their stream, someone <laughs> suggested because uh, that they should bring back Troy Deeney and put him in as player manager. I'll get Big Sam. And you, they're at that stage of managers where you think... <laughs> but, but Troy Dean is not a manager and he's just moved to Birmingham and why would he or you want that? What's that thing called that uh, it's like a clause when you're trying to win an internet argument when Hitler gets brought into the conversation? It's called the something... Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, there's almost... And I'm not equating Hitler with Big Sam. I should just... Or Troy Dean. Yeah, or Troy Dean. Yes, none of, none of them are like Adolf. Uh, I'm just suggesting there is always a point at which Big Sam gets introduced into the mm. conversation to keep them up, much in the way that he did with West Brom last year. It's a big, yeah, oh yeah, he did, did a super job there, didn't he? Not his fault, though, that one. Godwin's Law. Agree. That's it, Godwin's Law, yes, there you where go. Hitler gets brought in. Always I mean, ends up with Sam Allardyce. Or Troy Deeney, as it turns he out. He may have to take over from Sam Allardyce, because there's only so long Allardyce can keep being linked with these. Troy Deeney, the new Sam Allardyce, there's a managerial career. <laughs> well, who even knows if he wants to be a manager? That's, you're right. The, the he, knows crazy... the, he knows the club, so he's got to come back and do it. <laughs> That's it. What for fans saying you don't have a choice? I'm having a nice time at Birmingham. I'm scoring all the goals. Nope. <laughs> Quit all that. You have to come and manage Watford. John but... Barnes. John Barnes is going to do it. He, he just can from wherever he is. <laughs> anyway, back to the clips. You ones. Is it this guy? Is he's done these? These people before are like a group of three young lads. A bit kind of studenty, oh, Gen Z sort of vibe. A bit, a bit young. A bit young for me. This bloke. I know he's kind of interesting because he does it all by himself. He's got an accent that I really cannot nail down. It's a, it's, he's almost. Is he like, like Lloyd Grossman? Where's Lloyd Grossman actually from? I think he's uh, Canadian or something, isn't he? But he's got that kind of mid-Atlantic twang. Cause he's, I think he's sort of bit of North American heritage and a bit of British heritage. And I don't know if he spent some time. Maybe he spent some time in mid the mid-Atlantic. He was uh, born Sweet. in Massachusetts. Was uh, Lloyd Grossman, and I can't remember at what point. He crossed the Atlantic, but it was definitely before, oh, 1975, there you go, came to London School of Economics. If I'd not seen this guy... Messed his voice up. I mean, it may be um, it may be a computer simulation, but I would have thought that his voice... You know, Have you ever seen those automated YouTube videos? They're sort of doing news where it goes, mm. the Prince of Wales was in the... Ooh, and it's got, they've got that kind of weird it's modulating... Very, very, um, it's very fashionable at the minute, isn't it? A lot of adverts are using it. I think it's, it's one of those TikTok-type trends, isn't it? Yeah, oh, he's, he's got the, the TikTok Siri voice. Right. So he sounds a bit. He sounds a bit like that, but he has done his own theme tune, which is good. Oh, good. Is it anything like the Cockney one, the uh, West Ham one that we had last week? <laughs> it's more lo-fi. Okay. It's an a cappella version. Yours. <laughs> is that it? That's it. That's the theme tune. But that's, well, at least that's what he uses to introduce it. Fair so, enough. But I quite enjoyed it. So here he is leaving some very long pauses while talking about uh, about Watford. Uh, Watford looked as if they were intimidated, not necessarily by the Leeds players, but by the Elland Road crowd. They did not react well. They looked like they were playing the occasion and not the game and not their strategy. Whatever the strategy was, Watford did not execute it. 
they didn't want this game. It seemed as if they were still in the changing room, waiting for the international break. No passion, no desire. Watford played very tentatively, and their hesitation, their nervousness, their jitters, all inexcusable against a lead side that had not won a Premier League game this season. It is Lloyd Grossman, isn't it? He's very, very close to that kind of, that twang. It sounds like he's um, delivering like a Radio 4 play or something yeah. like that, doesn't he? Yeah, and the, the, I'm borderline obsessed with his pronunciation of jitters. That's very exciting. He seems to be a um, a lawyer, so we should possibly bear that in mind as we uh, <laughs> comment on him. But, um, the, we have well, Levi's in our corner, don't we? We do, yeah. We'll see if they face off. And I don't know whose uh, jurisdiction we've fallen because he seems to be based in California. Right. Which I don't know if there's a, a huge following for... Watford in California, but yeah, he brings a real kind of like erotic audiobook vibe. To, have you read, to have you heard any good ones? Give us a line. <laughs> well, which is, I mean, just as you heard, but um, that's how it sounded to me. <laughs> what, what are you thinking about now? <laughs> Where's your mind gone? Get in touch. Get in touch on Twitter if you've got any good uh, erotic audiobooks you can recommend. Better still, Roscoe's going to record a line and send it to us. We could play them all out. Could be lovely. <laughs> it's basically what we've just heard. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Playing the occasion's interesting because... I'd, I've just realised I didn't listen to a word he said. <laughs> I've just been listening to his accent. Jitters. That's what he yeah, said. that's the one word I took. The, 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 jitters. <laughs> Playing the occasion. What What have you got to say about that? Well, was it an occasion? <laughs> like, normally you get people saying game. that when it's like a cup final or something or mm. a big end of season battle or... Playoff against final, a big, 2006. That sort of thing. Or against a big rival. Is it just because people were singing and it was a bit bit of an atmosphere rather than the usual sterile nonsense that goes on in football grounds these days? You do wonder. I mean, there was I did pick that up from a few clips of Watford fans I listened to, them saying it was a really good atmosphere, whereas we said it was fine, but it was nothing like as good as the games before it. It was well, we, definitely uh, chucking it down, wasn't it? That was a big part of it. And um, like the build-up, I think as well, the, uh, the totally deserved minutes applause for Roger Hunt beforehand as well kind of just took some of the steam out of it. Everyone's kind of... Feel you know it's already raining, and then you you think about the the sad passing of a, a footballer, and I know when whenever that kind of thing happens, you think about people that you may have known who've passed away recently. So it brought an element of sadness that mm. was kind of not needed, given it was already such a miserable afternoon, and it was very much then there was a like a kickoff, there was a bit of a roar, but it was a lot lower key than. Um, the West Ham game basically that's why I because... felt like it was down to business on Saturday you know when I said that on, on the match ball it felt a bit more business like I said okay now we've, we've yeah. finished messing about this season we need to crack on with it it needed the players then to kind of to bring the crowd into the game because from a crowd point of view if you opened your mouth it just got filled with water which was not what anybody wanted being waterboarded by our football team um, mind you I, I mean I did mention on the match ball about I thought that the atmosphere was good particularly in the second half and I enjoyed like you had the South Stand singing the wedge have been brilliant as well the cheese wedge have been nice this season but there were songs you know they were singing for uh, different parts of the ground to give us a song and even a song came up in the East Stand which doesn't normally happen to the extent that it did on on Saturday, which I enjoyed, but it's, it's always where our leads though. Whenever it's East Stand, give us a song. It's nearly always where our leads. For, yeah, got to go for it's the a easy good one. Song, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, ballad, not, why not start the ballad of Billy Bremner? Go for something <laughs> a bit more, a bit more challenging. <laughs> no one will know the words. Stuff. Tony Yeboah song. Anyway, back, uh, back to the clip. Zanzo, he sounds like a young hipster. Oh, Zanzo, I really like this lad. He was, um, he was doing a watch along, and he was just hating life, which um, right. 
I could kind of sympathise with him. And he was trying really hard not to swear as well, even though even though he clearly wanted to. So um, first clip here, this is him reacting to our goal. Going to whip in the corner. Saw that coming. Completely saw it coming. Needs have been much better. This needs have just been much better. I felt quite negative going into this game. 17 minutes in, it's 1 0. <coughs> Lorente. Oh. No. So watching all your hopes and dreams evaporate. <laughs> I think I can sympathise with him. Which, like, I knew we'd lose. Yeah, yeah so can... we're, we're familiar with that feeling. So. Yeah, the, I felt quite negative coming into the game. Is uh, Yes, feel that. <laughs> And then um, we were talking about the Dan James penalty in the, the previous part, so here was his view of it. It wasn't dissimilar to ours. That's a penalty, and for some reason the ref's not giving it, but that might go to VAR. Dan James literally got rugby tackled. Oh, he's literally... He grabbed his arm and pulled him down. Oh, he's gone on top of him. How is he not given a penalty? I'll be honest there, 21 minutes and still 1-0, they should have had a penalty. You can hear him toying with becoming a Leeds fan here, can't you? It reminds me of like that feeling of turning up negative and then that part reminds me of some of the championship days where there'll be a penalty shout against Leeds and you just be like, just give it. Yeah, I knew this was coming. Yeah, because <laughs> you try and defend your player normally, like Liam Cooper with the whole disallowed goal thing. We do know deep down that that could have gone two different ways, but back Liam Cooper... But then back in the days when um, he was being headbutted out of games by Scott Wotton in the championship, when uh, Wotton did that kind of thing on, like the Watford player did on Dan James, you would just go, oh, just give it ref. Wotton, Wotton is a bloody idiot. He's a walking disaster. Yeah, just, just get, get, it, get it over with so I yeah. can go home. We know what's coming. <laughs> when, I, uh, when I was looking for clips, actually, of this, funny you mentioned Wotton, because one of the, when I was looking through for Leeds Watford stuff, one of the thumbnails on YouTube was the Wotton, yeah. for people who can't see it, um, mm. head in hands, Gesture I've that just he done did. A, I've done a bad thing. After the bad thing against Watford, it was an FA Cup game, that wasn't it? It was one of my finest um, graphical moments. I'm not just a writer, but um, <laughs> took that photo and um, a tedious blowhard. Put loads of uh, <laughs> like turned it into like an anime image with lots of like cats. Cats. Crying. That was yeah. it. It's I, normally cats, isn't it? Because there were so many empty um, seats in the background. I put like an audience of different cartoon cats. <laughs> I remember there. this now, actually. Yeah, yeah I work. used to do it quite a lot yeah. with um, Leeds players at the time, and that one really stuck out because there was really, there was still, I think I was doing it during the game because <laughs> there was just nothing else to do. <laughs> we get knocked out of the FA Cup by Watford because Scott Wotton scored. What else am I going to do apart from do like a, a cutesy picture of him with some cats watching him fail? Make, uh, make Google Images earn its money, hey? We've got a supercut here then, Michael. You put this together of his frustration. And, and ultimately, this is what propaganda is about. It's about enjoying the suffering of other fans. Go on, go on, King. Come on, make something with this, please. This is so frustrating. This is so frustrating. Oh, and Kutchka's giving the ball away. Oh, my Christ. Go on, Josh. Go on, Josh. No, what is he doing? What are you doing? You... Keep going. He got dot. He died. He was literally about to pretty much go one and one, and he dived. What a crap! What an absolute idiot! Come on, Watford, whip it in! What a flipping awful ball! Christ! You guessed it. Another chance for Leeds. They're gonna get a second. They just are. 
Sissoko, is that Sissoko, uh, Sema, Sema, has just passed it to a Leeds player. Oh my Christ. Yeah, put it out onto the wing, cross it and do absolutely nothing with it. Trooster Compass, he, he can't even put it out to the wing, he's got to put it out onto the wing first. He choose Con just put it out of play. You subscribe if you're new, I'll catch you in the next one. Fair play Leeds, you deserve it, they are a good player. They're not a team you should be near the relegation zone in. Around Christmas, I promise you, they'll be higher. They'll be higher. Yeah, drop a like if you did enjoy. Subscribe if you're on here. I'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Don't forget to like and subscribe, guys. <laughs> Bless him. I might subscribe just to give him give him a little bit of hope. I just wonder how, how old is he, by the way, just according to your estimation. Um, I guess he's about 16, something like that. I think like he's young enough for his mum to be not allowing him to swear on that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, well, you know, only another 70 years and then the darkness will swallow you up, mate. Stick with it. Bless it. You, we've all been there. We just like, just do something. Oh, no. Yeah. He, every time he gets excited, it was, they were the bits that were the most heartbreaking, not when we were being good. It's when it looked like Watford might do something and he was just like, no, ah, ah. It's the same bit before of um, picking out his own players for diving as well. Like it's got to that point where there's just no license for them whatsoever. Nihilism, them, nihilism, destroy it all. Just not giving them any. Well, uh, at least he did get to the end, and he is still reliant on peace. Uh, peace, Sam. Let's have a quick uh, tiptoe into the wider world of propaganda. Then stuff that's going on elsewhere. Uh, one that sailed under the radar, and that's maybe because it's the championship, which is a hateful place, and we have immediately dispensed with it from our thoughts since we exited it. But there is stuff afoot down in the championship. I mean, we've talked about Derby a bit. In fairness, we've given them. We've we've had the odd the odd word about them. How is it? We? How is it going at the older, expensive, eighty million pound Pride Park? Not not brilliantly. I think they've they do more points off. I think <laughs> someday soon. I think they've got one. They've got one or two at the moment. The thing is, actually, they they're not doing too badly on the pitch. It should be falling mm. apart more than it it probably is. No, give it's it time. This way, give it time. Yeah, it's better this way. A little let bit them, of hope. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let them let them play well enough to stay up, but then relegate them. Just keep keep letting him get points, then take him straight off him. Just keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, every Monday morning. What what did you do at the week? We'll have that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we we got a last minute draw. No, you didn't. One point one point deduction this week. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, yeah, Collins. It's falling apart for Colin, isn't it? It's falling apart in a very Colin y way when you look at their their run of games. They win one. They draw a couple, well, they lose we're big, a couple. We're big, we're big Sol and Pelts. Yeah, all those, that great bunch of lads. So they're 15th in the championship, which I thought was nice because that was our spot, wasn't it, for so yeah, long? Yeah. Under people like like Warnock. They lost 2 0 away at Hull. Warnock himself was saying how he, you know, they were. Did Lady Luck look conspire against him again? Basically, he said something along the lines of, I, I can't put the ball in the net myself or something, is what he said. But they lost 2 0. Because what he's doing Hull. there is he's distancing himself from the failure, isn't he? Yes. It's not my fault that they're not doing what I've asked of them. I mean, they've got injury problems as well and probably need to sign some more players and the referees will be against them and just not getting the rub of the green and there was probably a throw-in on 14 minutes that could have gone for them and if that if that happens, then it changes the game, doesn't it, and all that sort of stuff. All as usual. Um, bollocks. Bollocks. Mm. Bollocks, yeah, is what it is. I mean, Borough fans were quite pleased with him at one point, though, weren't they? They were, yeah. they were quite happy to have him, but it seems to have turned. It's This is from um, AJ, who's the, the slightly tubby Middlesbrough fan with the... Dreadful beard. He used to be on Borough Fan TV, didn't he? He was always the one trashing Leeds. Yeah, he used to... He was calling, calling Alan Road a dump and saying he hated us and hope we get relegated and stuff. But he's got his own... Lives in Middlesbrough. YouTube, well, yes, quite. He's got his own YouTube thing now and he was recording at full time at um, at Hull as the whistle went and as the players are obviously... And management are obviously coming over 
to the the Borough fans to applaud them for their, their fantastic support. So presumably the fans were delighted with it. And it has all turned a little bit Barnsley away for Warnock. Wasn't quite sure what was going on there, but he just heard the occasional wagger. <laughs> he just heard somebody in the back going, "Walk off, walk uh, off." Oh, excellent! He's on. Um, he's been on great form actually with what he's uh, complaining about. Basically, I will give you one line from his recent comments. This is after the Reading defeat, which was end of September. It's a, I've uh, I've never really had so many foreign lads, if I'm honest. <laughs> I was led by what other people said to me, really. I remember when Pierre first came in, Steve Gibson, he's, uh, he said to me that it took Janinho time to settle in when he first arrived. I just thought if we, could, if we can get him up to fitness. But it's not just about fitness. The Championship's one of the most difficult and demanding leagues in the world, really. It's not just fitness, it's the physicality and the tempo of the game. And the, and, uh, and the blue passport. Yeah, and he said uh, the lads aren't used to the Championship. You see, on Saturday, it's meant that Johnny Elson's had too much to do and it's made him look vulnerable, so... Difficult afternoon in, in midfield. But then, after all of this, I don't think we can use the lads acclimatising as an excuse, though. <laughs> I've reached a point now where I think I've maybe worried too much about getting people fit. Don't think I should do that now. I've just got to pick my best team. If they get fit, great. And if they don't, then they won't be in the team. And he's uh, it goes on for a while. with So, Piero, I don't know who that player is, but he's obviously somebody that other people have told Warnock he should have him at the club and have signed him. I don't really know his best position yet. He had to do a job for us on Saturday and he struggled a little bit. He let his man go. But he did well with other aspects of his game, though. I don't really know, but I, I don't <laughs> think now's really the time to be experimenting with him either. He's done well in training, caught up with fitness, but we're just not sure yet what best position for him is. I've tried him in different areas in training and we've just got to persevere. And then they've got another one. I mean, why, why doesn't he use the, the whole database of internet research that's available? Like Why Scout gets referred to often? You can just call up video footage of any player basically worldwide and see everything they've done. The, so you could watch him. Somebody did a count on how many foreign players are actually at Middlesbrough. And I think it's seven and one of them is Sol Bamba. So it's like, it's, you know, it, I love Sol. Sol always oh, be best friend. Like but, yeah. but then they've got um, somebody else, a Cameroon international. I said to James Saliki yesterday, I don't think you should go away on international duty next week, if I'm honest. He's nowhere near fit enough and he's going to go away for two weeks. Probably going to play five minutes in one game and ten another and be walking around for two weeks, hardly doing any training. <laughs> He'll be back to square one while we've done all the hard work here. But he says he can't do that because he's got to go with the international team. There's very little I can do about that. So it's really, I mean, there's a long, bloody article from uh, Teesside Gazette where um, Warnock is definitely not using foreign lads acclimatising to the championship as an excuse because you can't do that you can't, you can't use that as an excuse though. but they can't go off on international duty it's not an excuse and Johnny Elson he's, he's, they're just giving Johnny too much to do and his own lack of interest in what position his own players play is another one it reminds uh, me of when, when we actually managed to beat Everton by some miracle in the cup under Warnock and there was a panic before half time because someone had appeared on their bench who they didn't expect to and didn't know a thing about him and he was like Busy people were off trying to ask journalists who he was, and it wasn't anyone. It was like Brian Oviedo or someone. It was it was someone fairly big. It wasn't some sixteen year old that dragged out of the youth team. Well, it's even when um, Sam Byram turned up in pre season and he didn't know who he was. 
picked him in at right. Who's that lad out the uh, out the youth team? He's played well, hasn't he? We'll put him in the team. He's good. Don't know his name. Does he, does he speak English? There was a, <laughs> oh, I can go in then. The post-match interviews when I'm sure journalists were asking Neil Warner, oh, Sam Byram's done well today. He's like, who? Which one's Sam? But uh, as a passing mention, if we drop down to League One, I couldn't find any um, satisfying audio for it, but uh, Sunderland, little Lee Johnson's done the absolute thing that you must never do as a Sunderland manager and gone to Portsmouth and lost 4-0 away in the rain. Oof. And apparently uh, the peak of this was him embarrassing himself, in the words of Sunderland fans, uh, trying to get the game called off at half-time because it was too too rainy. And he, since then, in his post-match, he's all like... The conditions are the same for both teams. They did a little bit better. Ignoring the fact that apparently, you know, one, I don't know who told him it was raining because I don't imagine that the drops necessarily reached his head. You can drown an inch of water. Just remember that. <laughs> Lee Johnson. <laughs> and two, that, yeah, apparently him and uh, he was giving it the large one about how they shouldn't be playing in these conditions at half time. But that's a, I, I mean, I know Sunderland draped the coffin in um, RIP Leeds with an apostrophe on it in 1973. Leeds apostrophe. Final. Yes. Yeah. So we don't particularly have much sympathy for them. But Portsmouth away on a day like Saturday is a tough one to and lose 4 0. Sunderland, seaside town, notoriously tropical climate up there as well. Not, not used to rain. It's definitely one of those where people are saying they should refund the travelling fans, mm. and then sometimes they'll be shamed into it, won't they? The players. Well, he has. I mean, yeah, the uh, little Lee's um, post-match interview is all about. You know, I'm just really sorry. Sorry, <laughs> mean just a just a little tiny apology then, just a little, little minuscule squeaky apology, as big as he can manage. <laughs> Right, well, that wraps up the opposition and wider world of propaganda. We'll be back after the international break with, if we go after that, Southampton. Sorry. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The best way to give someone a gift they'll never forget is to give a gift they'll always use. American Giant makes clothes that just keep getting better with age, like their iconic full-zip hoodie that's designed to last for decades. And a gift they'll wear for years is a gift that keeps on giving. But American Giant makes a lot more than just hoodies. They have impossibly comfy sweaters, classic tees, soft, structured sweatpants, even classic everyday denim. All made right here in the USA with a quality you'll have to feel to believe. Be a gift-giving giant this holiday season at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code GRATEFULAG23. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code GRATEFULAG23. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. In times. And we'll, uh, we'll speak to you then. See you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. 